Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Exciting announcement. Guess what, guys? We have merch. We all came up with some awesome ideas. M designed them, and Alan set up our store. We have the classic Kinky Tavern logo, as well as some clever and funny sayings from our podcasts or just from our little weird brains. Our designs are available in shirts up to 5X. Now to get a 5X, you have to go to men's and classic, but there are 5Xs, which I'm excited about. We also have hoodies, tapestries, stickers, blankets, mugs, zip pouches, face masks, and more. So check it out. All proceeds go to our education fund, which helps all of us go to cons, go to classes, travel to cons, etc. So anything that you get will be helping us educate ourselves further to bring you more education on the podcast. Financial support in the way of donations and merch purchases are incredibly helpful for us at this time and always incredibly appreciated. Our link tree is in the show notes of the podcast to access all of these options. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for... People I know. I'm also on TikTok at Mix Dizzy Soul, M X D I Z Z Y S O U L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D A D D Y S D I Z Z Y S O U L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker R E K K R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter. So, And I am on FetLife at Alan's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Alan Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Allen 111. And TikTok, Allen's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. The topics within this podcast are explicit. Listeners should be 18 and up only. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pup Rucker. And I'm Alan. And this month is... Disability Disability Pride Pride Month! Month. Woohoo! Yay! And today we are talking about rewards and punishments. Ooh, two of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do enjoy them within the BDSM lifestyle. No shit! Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, naturally, as humans, we want to participate in things that are going to bring desired outcomes. So, we like things that do things that we like, that have consequences that we like. (laughs) Uh, We can use this drive to hack our own behavior by encouraging desired behavior or discouraging undesired behavior. And this is known as behavior modification. This is often used in DS relationships And that is what we're talking about today. Yeah. 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 So, one of the main things we use is reinforcement. And that is when a stimulus is added or removed in order to motivate future behavior. I.e. like giving extra chores when you eat a cookie without our permission. Or ice cream dessert if they finish their book assignment. Or not allowed to watch TV if they don't drink their water. And maybe being spanked if they're being disrespectful. 
Yeah, so, and the reason I gave four examples there is because each of them is a different type of reinforcement. We have two different uh, categories of reinforcement, reward and punishment, and then we have positive and negative reinforcement. So it can be a positive reward or a negative reward. A reward is something that happens that the submissive enjoys, or the person being reinforced enjoys, which will encourage desired behaviors. And so then a positive reward is giving them ice cream for dessert if they finish their book assignment. Whereas a negative reward is taking away chores, like not making them do chores, for example. Yeah, like... I I don't really get a ton of like punishment type situations. Um so I don't really I guess I don't really have a ton of examples for that like in my personal life. But mm-hmm. rewards and stuff like I get those pretty frequently. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I go to my doctor's appointment, um my partner might bring me some gummy worms and a diet Dr. Pepper or something like that and be like, "Here you go. Good job for going to your doctor." appointment. It's just kind of reinforcing good behaviors, um, at least on my end personally. Um, And some rewards might be, you know, you told off that dickhead who uh, has been making fun of you at the dungeon for months. Um, So now we get like good rewards for that. And Mm -hmm. I guess it just all depends on what kind of dynamic you have or what kind of rewards and punishment systems that you have in place for yourself. Right. So in contrast to rewards, we do have punishment. And that's something that happens that the submissive doesn't enjoy, which will dissuade them from going against the rules or discourage a specific behavior. And punishment is not usually effective without discipline. Without discipline, punishment can just teach them to avoid being caught, avoid the punishment rather than to actually behave properly or to have good habits, which is what the goal is, depending on your dynamic. So the difference between just punishment and discipline, punishment is something that happens they don't enjoy. So that's a very simple activity. Whereas discipline is more long-term, I guess. It's basically using the mistakes that the submissive might make in order to teach them a lesson. So you are encouraging them to behave properly. You're helping them overcome obstacles of the issues that you are working through with them. We're determining why the mistake was made. We are retraining and re-educating if we need to maybe explaining the reasoning of the rule. Is it because they don't understand it and because of uh, numerous things can make it difficult for someone to follow a rule that they don't understand the reasoning for? So if you explain the reason of the rule, oftentimes that helps. And we're working through these issues and replacing the negative behaviors with positive ones. So that is the difference between discipline and punishment. And discipline or can involve punishment. Yeah. So natural consequences are one of my favorite punishments. And this is when a behavior naturally creates a response, which motivates a future behavior. This could be motivating it to happen or motivating it not to happen. This is very simply a door moves when you push it. Mostly that's like an animal conditioning thing, but that teaches the animal that when you push this, it moves. In a DS relationship, that might be when you have gotten all of your chores done, the house is clean, and we can both relax. You know, that is a natural consequence. If you don't get your shit done, you gotta keep doing your shit. If you do get your shit done, you get to relax and not do shit. (laughs) Or, um, well, for me... Especially if I don't drink enough water in the day, I feel like shit at the end of the day mm-hmm. because I don't have, I'm dehydrated. I don't have enough water in my body. Yeah. And I hate myself for it. <laughs> so, um, for some reason, this one specific scenario came into my head. Um, and it was a scene that I had seen in the dungeon, um, that I used to go to. And it was one of my friends is a puppy. Um, my mm-hmm. other friend who is their dominant is an owner. And, um, they had, I guess, not done their chores for the week. And so they really, really hate, um, gross things like they they aren't super into gross play but like it's a thing that you know is a soft limit and so um their owner proposed to uh 
to them that the punishment for this would be for them to eat dog food off of the floor and for him to shove their little face in it. And I was like, wow, that is such a good punishment scene. <laughs> like, that's just like what I thought in my head in that moment. Mm-hmm. So punishments definitely have to be individualized. Otherwise, they could easily become punishments. Punishments are something that the submissive enjoys that is used in a scene role-played as punishment. So oftentimes this will be a spanking or a flogging or something like that, and it's role-played as a punishment. So it could be a real quote-unquote infraction, like a minor infraction that actually happened such as poking the dominant for too long that day. Or it could be just something that you make up in a role play, like the pup didn't really pee anywhere, but you are spanking them with a newspaper or making them eat out of a dish on the floor or whatever for fun because they fake peed somewhere. They fake peed on the couch. (laughs) So... That would be more like a punishment or... Well, I was going to say if you have like a bratty dynamic, then like a punishment might be because you were back talking and you said something funny to your dom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there, and we'll talk about later where there needs to be like a line between bratting and disrespecting drawn beforehand so that if the brat is expecting a punishment for back talking, but they unknowingly cross a line... You know, consent can get iffy if you're expecting a punishment and get a punishment. So that is also something in negotiation to communicate clearly. So maintenance beatings are kind of a type of punishment. They are to be used when, say, a brat feels that their needs aren't being met or a slave feels dissatisfaction in their dynamic or a submissive is feeling distance from their identity, essentially, as a submissive. This helps both parties stay within their roles headspace, and um, it's often regularly scheduled, so either daily or weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, there is a quick and light scene where both parties get to recalibrate their headspace with one another. This isn't necessarily about punishment or discipline. It's about connection and bonding, doing something that makes you feel dominant and makes your submissive feel submissive, doing something that makes you feel like the handler and your pup feel like the pup. I would also counter that maintenance feedings are um, sometimes more for like masochists and stuff like that. Um, I know masochists who get maintenance beatings like every week so that they can keep their pain tolerance where they like it to be. And Mm -hmm. that is a completely valid thing. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't even have to do with like punishment or anything like that or, you know, like keeping you in an S type position or something like that kind of business. Um, It can be that you are a masochist and you're a dominant and your submissive is a sadist and they beat you every week so that they can show their love to you. You know, something along those lines. And that is also completely valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on the behavior modification side of things, you do need to negotiate before any of this happens. So you need to talk about what behaviors do you want to modify? What rules do you want to have in place? What are the expectations that you are to be held to? Like we were talking earlier, when a brat is back talking, where is that line between bratting and disrespect, between teasing and disobedience. Does that line move? Is that line depending on the situation? If it is, how do you tell them? It could be, oh, that's strike one. And that kind of means, oh, we're at punishment level. If you are done with the punishment part, or if that's what your goal was, you need to stop. And then they could be, oh, that's strike two. Now we're at the part where you're going to get punished and we're going to have a talking to All right, that's strike three. Now we're at the part where you not only get a punishment, but we go back and talk about this rule and this line and where I felt as a dominant disrespected. So I think that in saying that, talking about negotiating what kind of communication you're going to have about these behaviors, about these rules, about these punishments, that is... Kind of like in-scene communication, but it's more in-dynamic communication. Because we talk about in-scene communication a lot when it comes to negotiation. But this is more in-dynamic communication. Because sometimes, you know, a submissive is punished in a way that they don't really like. And they can express that. But if they say their safe word, for example, that means we need to figure out another way to discipline. Because this punishment is not going to work today. 
And it's entirely, like, situational, too. Mm, definitely. Um, and depending on the people in the dynamic and all that, because you may be having, like, a bad mental day or something, and yeah. Yeah, another thing to negotiate is what circumstances might be considered if a rule is broken, if an expectation is not met. Is work not going well? Is work going really well and stressing you out because you're so busy? Is something going on with your family? Is something going on with your mental health that is causing you to not be able to meet these expectations? Or your physical health? There are lots of different things that you can consider that come before the rule. But also, communicate about that. Be honest and upfront and tell your dominant as soon as the work event happens. Say, hey, I was asked to work extra tonight. I'm not going to be able to have my assignment completed tonight. I did get three-fourths of it done. I didn't wait till the last minute, but I'm not going to have it finished tonight. Can I have one more day? Something like that. Yeah, I, I feel like communication is key, especially if it's something like that, like a, a written assignment or something where it's going to take you time to do it no matter what happens. But if something mm-hmm. comes up and like ruins your day, basically, and right. takes away your spoons so you can't devote the time to do that assignment, then it, that communication needs to happen or else there could be a punishment for not doing your assignment when things could have been talked through and worked out to where right. that couldn't that wouldn't have happened. So. Right. And there's definitely, kind of like the example I gave, there's definitely a difference between postponing and procrastinating. There's a difference between procrastinating your report or your assignment until the very last minute and not even having it started and then something comes up. Now that I would not be very happy about. However, if you got it most of the way done, if you were just needing to go through it and polish it and do a conclusion paragraph or something like that, that is very different. Um, also, if you don't tell me until the assignments do, but you knew two days ago that you weren't going to be able to get it done because something came up, communicate with your dominant. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is all negotiated. There are some people that may tell you, I don't want to hear from you until Friday at our scheduled time. That's not me, but <laughs> so with communication, of course, we need to be honest. Um, honesty is key. Communication is key. And talking about when communication should be happening is key. You could do things like progress reports. Like I said, every Friday at 8 p.m. we get together and talk about what happened that week, what rules you broke this week, etc. It could be a virtual journal that's kept or a physical journal that's kept and the dominant gets to read that or maybe from that journal that journal is yours you don't nobody else's eyes look upon it but from that journal you then communicate your, to your dominant a progress report daily monthly whatever that is yeah you could also do things like a star chart or some kind of sticker chart to keep track of like the good that you did so you get a sticker for completing your chores or whatever assignments you had mm-hmm. and things like that or you could do like an immediately like just self-reporting thing mm-hmm. um, or like the moment you break the rule the moment you know you're not going to be able to meet this expectation whatever it may be you immediately drop everything and report to your dominant to say here's the situation what would you like me to do And as far as communication during punishment or reward, during reinforcement time, you should know at the time of your punishment or at the time of your reward, what you are being punished or rewarded for. That should be communicated because if you are punishing without telling them what it's for, there could be resentment, there could be confusion. Those are not conducive to the learning that you want to happen if you are trying to, if you are going so far as to modify behavior in this way. You don't want something that's just going to make it harder for you to modify the behavior, which is what confusion and resentment will do. Yeah, uh, and that goes into the whole discipline aspect, Mm -hmm. like making sure you follow through and not just punishing without them knowing why. Yeah, Um, follow through, that's a huge thing, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. If you tell them, if you get three strikes, if we're out in public, and I communicate to you that you've gotten three strikes for something against the rules, then when we get home, you get ten spankings. If then you get home and you're tired and you just kind of fall into bed and then the next day you completely have forgotten about it and it never happens again or it never comes up again, then that's not following through and you're, that's again, confusion. 
that can add to confusion. Punishments, rewards, reinforcements, they should not go beyond limits and boundaries. When you are communicating and negotiating for these punishments and rewards, you do need to communicate those limits and boundaries. Soft limits, hard limits, and soft limits should only be played with as a punishment in, well, everything should be consensual, of course, but these punishments should be something that the submissive agrees. Yeah, if I fuck up that bad, basically the punishment should match the infraction. Along the lines of soft limits, you know, sometimes I want to play with my soft limits and it doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. the infraction is. I want to play with my soft limits. And like you said, yes, it should be consensual. Like, um, I should know that I'm about to play with my soft limits beforehand. And if that's not a part of your dynamic, then disregard. Um, if you want to play with your soft limits and you don't want to know about it because it maybe makes you feel more comfortable um, encountering something like that if you don't know about it. That is 100% valid too. I think that you need to know, so you need to have the consent beforehand before you start playing with those soft limits, even if that is the case. Right. I mean, you need to negotiate when those soft limits will be used as punishment. There there should be a limit though. If you're going to play with them, that's something completely different than using them as punishment. And that is negotiated beforehand and consented to. Some people don't want that. Like some people don't want to know beforehand if they're going to be playing with the soft limit. And playing with the soft limit can be in punishments too. Um, I don't feel like it's mutually exclusive to like having the negotiations beforehand and knowing that you're going to play with it beforehand. Some people don't want that and some people just don't want to know. No, I'm talking about like dynamic negotiations. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that as part of your punishment dynamic. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it needs to be negotiated as a part of the dynamic, as a part of this behavior modification. Got you. Okay. Like you can't, as a dominant, you can't just decide that we're going to fuck with your soft limits. It, It has to be negotiated before... So what I'm, what I think that you're saying is like, yeah, you need to negotiate that within the like dynamic negotiations, correct? Yeah. Okay. What I thought you were saying is um, that you were doing this like within play and I was just like, not a ton of people want to know about it. Like me, I have like certain limits that if I were in a dynamic with the right person... I wouldn't care what the infraction was because I would want to play with those, like, soft limits that I have and make the dynamic a little bit more edgy. Well, I mean, if if you're wanting to play with soft limits in your dynamic, that can be used as a reward as well. That's true, yeah. Um, I mean, you can use... Punishment and reward is very subjective depending on how your dynamic is and what you want out of it. So a reward for someone could be a spanking or mm-hmm. playing with your soft limits and a punishment could be not doing that. Right. The opposite, basically. So Right. Essentially, when we're talking about punishments and rewards, we're giving examples because that can help solidify it for people who have certain types of thinking. But we're also remember that we're not talking about rewards being ice cream and punishments being spankings. There can be something that you see as a positive that could be used as a negative. Mm -hmm. There can be something that you see as a negative that can be used as a positive. So the activity doesn't really matter as far as punishments and rewards go because it can be individualized for each individual human. It needs to be individualized for each individual human. And yeah. Also, you need to negotiate when the punishment or reward will take place. So is this, like we said, is this an immediate thing? Is this, as soon as I see you reaching for an extra cookie, I smack your hand? Is this that if you do all of your chores and fill up your star chart this week, you get to go do day at the spa or something? It could be that you save up your stars and get a bigger reward as well. So this could be immediate or it could be something that takes a little bit. It depends on what works best for you. And it depends on the rewards and punishments that you want, because if a manicure is not something you can do for every single chore that you do, (laughs) if that's not something you can afford or is practical, then saving up to do a weekly manicure, if you get 
X amount of chores done is more practical, useful. Mm -hmm. You should also negotiate. Are you going to reflect on how to do better next time? I kind of like the whole what went wrong? What could we do better? Would we like? Would we not like? That kind of thing, just in general, when we're talking about reflections on scenes. But are we going to reflect? Are we going to talk about it? Or is this going to be something that could hurt that? Um, sometimes if a person feels like they are being condescended upon or if they are being lectured, they will kind of turn off. And whereas if they just face a consequence, they're fine. You know, it can drive that behavior rather than having them shut down. And I think, Alan, earlier you mentioned PDA, and I think that that can definitely cause that. Whereas if you were to lecture someone who has PDA and they specifically shut down because of a lecture, then you have lost that opportunity for improvement. Yeah, so within my PDA, um, so punishments and rewards within a dynamic don't necessarily work for me. And there's nothing wrong with me because of that. It's just that I have a neurological um, difference and I combat that with different things. So I guess for the PDA buddies out there, um, (laughs) something that I like to do for myself is set realistic goals. Mm -hmm. If you can set realistic goals and outcomes, then you can do everything that you want to do. Like, I'm going to do two things today. It does not matter what those two things are, but I'm going to do two chores today. No matter what they are, I will get them done. And Mm -hmm. as a result, I get to, you know, go and uh, watch my favorite TV show for the remainder of the night and do something that I want to do instead of doing Mm -hmm. those things that I don't want to do. And that, in my brain, can't be classified as a reward because then I'm going to not do those things. And it's not a reward. It's just a natural outcome for me. If I get X, Y, Z done, I will then get to go and do all the things that I want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day about um, things like PDA, autism, and how to combat stuff like that. And sometimes those realistic goals and outcomes can be really helpful. Um, And, you know, rewards and punishments can be really helpful with PDA. Uh, It's all about negotiating that beforehand. It's all about listening to your partner and understanding your partner and where their limits and mental boundaries lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Some, Some people with PDA, the punishment or the reward is going to help them to drive this behavior in the future or to discourage this behavior in the future. However, if I were to stop and give you a lecture about it, that's going to shut you down and then that opportunity for growth is not is basically sabotaged. Yeah, and I don't necessarily shut down. It's just like, um, I just won't do it. Well, and I guess that kind of is the same thing where I like shut down the idea in my head that I'm going to do the thing. Um, And so now, since you have said it, I am not going to do the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, it is all about just finding the behaviors and modifications that work for you and your personal right. neurospicy or non-neurospicy. Um, I don't go out and say that this is a reward that I'm taking for myself because then I won't do any of the tasks anymore. And Mm -hmm. I will just classify things like that into being like a punishment if I don't do them. And that can be hurtful for me personally because then I'm not going to do anything for you ever again. (laughs) Like, um... I once had a dominant who um, really, really tried to enforce rewards and punishments with me, and um, we couldn't find the words to describe what I was going through in the fact that anytime he would ask me to do something, I wouldn't do it. Like, I directly just, like, would not do it. And the reason for that is because he was telling me to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you turn it around, like, sometimes... UM will like turn it around for it to be my idea mm-hmm. and it will make it easier for me to complete the task if I think that it's my idea mm-hmm. <laughs> or that yeah. I think that, um, you know, I'm not going to have a reward, punishment, whatever the fuck it, it's going to be. I'm not going to have a consequence to doing this or not doing this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and sometimes reframing it like that is what's needed. This should all be individualized. It's very, I mean, we're playing with psychology here, so it's very individualized. I don't think that any one person reacts the same mentally to each of these things as a punishment, as a reward, if we're not calling them punishments and rewards, reinforcements of some kind. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to say is that it should... These punishments and rewards, they should never be done out of fear or anger because it's never good when that is the motivation behind the punishment or the reward. It can go down a bad way, basically. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if if it is something... It shouldn't necessarily be about fearing your dominant or about being angry and taking your anger out on someone. I do know that there are some, especially like DSSM relationships, dynamics, in which people do use their anger, they utilize their anger as a tool. I don't feel comfortable doing that myself because I don't trust myself to be level-headed in that anger enough to use it as a tool rather than as a weapon, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. That totally makes sense. And like... The situation I was talking about earlier with the dominant that was trying to uh, enforce rewards and punishments, you know, he would do that where he would, like, use his anger to, um, like, I guess, kind of fuel the dynamic. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that can work and sometimes it can be, like, the way it worked out with me and me just ending the relationship entirely. Right. If you don't feel safe with that sort of thing, it's not, it is not up to you to deal with those feelings. You need to have a considerate enough partner for them to take your feelings about that into into um, consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say the only dynamics in which I have ever seen anger used in a not toxic way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It has been people who are very, very self-aware. They've been in the lifestyle for a long time. They trust one another entirely. They know entirely what one another is capable of. So they know that they're not going to run into something that they can't handle in that anger They know that they're not going to do anything in that anger that will take the the submissive too far. It's very specific situations. I don't want to say it never happens in a way that's non-toxic because I have seen dynamics who use anger as a tool in a non-toxic way. I don't think I could ever be part of a dynamic that uses anger in a non-toxic way because I don't think I'm that kind of person, personally. Like, I don't think that's something I can do. Or handle. Anger, like disappointment even just like we're going to talk about later as a submissive when back in the day the look was all I needed and that would break my heart as a child my mom could look at me from across the room with a look of disapproval and I would be falling apart because I had failed her so different people need different things and sometimes it is about the feeling behind it rather than the activity different strokes different folks yeah I also don't feel like there should be any malice behind it or like this, you shouldn't fear your dominant. Like, okay, fear play, we talked about that last week. Fear play, totally fun, totally valid, love that. But if you genuinely are afraid that your dominant is going to do something that you would not consent to, that is beyond your limits, that's not punishment, reward, reinforcement, that's abuse. Anyway, um, another thing that I would highly, highly suggest you not do is taking away comfort items, taking away privacy, taking away connection with humans, taking away their aftercare, or taking away their safe word. And maybe you need to write out a submissive's bill of rights to say what things the submissive has a right to. But for some humans, taking away their favorite stuffy means they will not sleep. And then they will be unhealthy and it will, they could be not paying attention while at work and it just snowballs. So make sure that you have lines where you cannot take these things away. You cannot affect these areas of my life, such as work, such as family. You cannot make it so that I can't be a good parent to my children. Make sure those lines are drawn. So now we're getting on to something a little more fun than all this psychobabble. 
the types of punishments and rewards. So we get to talk about the actual activities and ideas and examples for the physical act of punishing or rewarding. Mm -hmm. So as far as the different types of punishments and rewards, we have physical and psychological. And this is very simplified. I started breaking this down into sub-subcategories, and at that point I realized I needed to chill. So (laughs) this is extremely simplified. So we have the physical types of punishments and rewards. Pain. Pain can be a punishment or reward. And you can use the typical BDSM type of pain with impact, caning, spanking, flogging, and maybe for your submissive, they enjoy spanks. So spanks are a reward, but they cannot stand the feeling of a cane. So a cane is a punishment. Stress positions. This could be wall sits. This could be standing with your nose against the wall and a quarter between your nose and the wall so that if it drops, you're in more trouble. This could be kneeling on rice. That could be even just corner time. And that can be something that is a stress position for some. Like for me, if I was submissive and looking for punishments for myself, standing could be a punishment. (laughs) Uh, I cannot stand without pain. So each individual person is going to have things that work differently for them. You could also use exercise as a type of uncomfortable or painful punishments or rewards. Maybe this person loves to run. And so in order to earn their running time, they have to complete their chores and that's a reward for them. But you can use laps, you can use stairs, you can make them just run around the block run around the house, whatever it is that you guys negotiate and agree to. You can also use cold showers. This could be maybe your pup got a little too horny and humped your leg. Well, now he gets to take a cold shower. There's also, of course, bondage. And this could be rope bondage. It could be like strap bondage. Uh, There's leather straps. There's like, I've seen some people use towing straps, like ratchet straps. Yeah. And this could just be something that's uncomfortable or boring if you're stuck in bondage and can't do anything at all. And that kind of goes into the psychological part. But next we have servitude. This is another type of physical activity that, that could be a punishment or a reward. This could be extra chores. Um, I was gonna touch on the pain thing. Um, so, (laughs) this is not, like, necessarily a punishment, but, um, whenever my partner and I were still in a dynamic, a punishment to me would be for him to tell me a ton of dad jokes. That is just pure psychological torture for me, um, to sit there Mm -hmm. and listen to all of his ramblings and dad jokes. So there's something else to keep in mind, I guess. Yep, I think that's definitely something that would go under the psychological aspect of uh, punishments. But I guess it could be could be pain, too. Well, um, I was also thinking, um, like, eating a food you don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really don't like broccoli. I don't know what that would fall under, though. Um, yeah. See, and that's the thing. Like, later we're going to talk about how n- no one activity is probably going to fall under one thing. Because we are physical hum- We are physical beings, and we are psychological beings, And so every action is going to affect both sides. True. Either directly or indirectly. So these, like I said, this is just hyper simplified and just a list basically um, to get the conversation started. Yeah. I mean, there's so many that you could use. I mean, making someone watch a show that they absolutely hate Mm -hmm. or uh, taking away a show that they love or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and on and on. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. So for another type of physical reinforcement, servitude. So this could be extra chores. Um, These could be tedious servitude. So it could be extra chores that are necessary, that are helpful and productive, or you could make them do the tedious servitude where it's not something that's really necessary. It's not something that they are going to see progress in. It is something that is menial and useless, basically. But they have to do it because they fucked up because this is their punishment. Using be- a toothbrush to, to brush the grout yeah. to make it white. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shining the silver piece yeah. by piece. Scrubbing baseboards. Stuff like that. So, yeah. 
Another piece of the servitude reinforcement could be if they do not meet an expectation, if they do not do the desired behavior or desired habit, they must then repeat that desired action over and over and over correctly. So say they don't load the dishwasher correctly and you've already educated them on it, right? So this is not like a misunderstanding. You've, you've educated them on how to load the dishwasher correctly. They load it incorrectly. You make them unload it and load it correctly and then unload it and then load it correctly and then unload it and load it correctly until they understand this is how you do it correctly and they'll never fucking forget it. <laughs> could also make them write lines. Yes, that is under the psychological. Is it? It okay. is. I so wish something like that would work for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, and that's just it, that some of these do work really well for people and some of these would not do a damn thing except cause resentment and confusion and anger. So, yeah. (laughs) Of course, in the physical reinforcements, we have sexual, sexual punishments or sexual rewards. And these are, these of course should, as with all of them, should be very carefully negotiated. Because if you use sexual things as a punishment, they could begin to have a negative association with it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very careful. You could even end up traumatizing someone this way, even if it was consented to. If you're not communicating, say you're the bottom and you're the submissive and you are using edging as a punishment for things. If you begin to have negative associations that are traumatizing you, that are working in your brain in a negative way, but you're not communicating it, how are we going to change that? I could be breaking your consent and traumatizing you without ever knowing. And so that's why I think it's really important with these to be especially careful with negotiating. So some of the reinforcements you can do is chastity. This could be a reward or a punishment. Some people love chastity. Some people really, really hate it. So this could be edging. You are bringing them very close to the edge and then not letting them come. Bring them very close to the edge and then not letting them come. You can deny them orgasms entirely. Or they can only come with you so they can't masturbate or they can't um, have casual sex for that week or something like that. And again, entirely negotiated because in some dynamics, in some relationships, that would break a boundary. Orgasm torture. You're making them come over and over and over and over again. And that can become very, very uh, painful (laughs) at times for certain people. Uh, So, yeah, that is also kind of under the pain aspect as well. You could deny them their favorite type of sex or give them their favorite type of sex. So, say you normally do anal and they love anal. Well, now you're not going to do anal. They're going to fuck your face and come and you're not going to get any pleasure out of it. Stuff like that. You could also force them to wear a butt plug for X amount of time. Of course, this should be done with safety in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Always have a flared base. Always take it slowly. Like if they have never worn a butt plug before and you're like, I'm going to punish you by making you wear a butt plug for 24 hours. That's a little much. Uh, That's a little bit of a jump. So That's something you got to build up to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, both with size and time, mm-hmm. because you could be able to put the biggest size in there, but if you're not used to it being in there for more than an hour or two, then that 24 hours could actually damage muscle and shit. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to fuck with that. You don't want your booty to be broken. No breaking the booties. No broken booties. <laughs> so now we're looking at the psychological types of reinforcement. So different activities will have different psychological effects on each individual. This could be things like humiliation, boredom, rejection. It could even be just discomfort, cringe. There are all kinds of negative emotions and feelings that people can experience through these things or positive psychological feelings that people can feel through these things that will drive the behavior in the direction that we want it to go. So we have things that I deemed mental bondage. And this is a little confusing for people because they're thinking bondage with rope. However, mental bondage is more control. Um, You have consented to be under my mental bondage, and so you follow my rules. You stay within my boundaries. And this could be the look. This, this, that is a type of mental bondage in a very simplified way. (laughs) Oh my god. I fucking hate the look. Yes. And I kind of, I simplified it down to a type of mental bondage because... The look is not inherently hurtful to anyone. 
the look is not inherently, you know, going to hurt someone's feelings. But if it is your dominant and you know what that look means and you don't want to disappoint them, that look can feel like a stab through the heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you give me that look like in public, my like first thought is, oh shit, <laughs> the fuck did I do? <laughs> and <laughs> like... It's funny because, like, my friends will do this to me, too, mm-hmm. and I'll have to be like, okay, so what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Madam Goya, you know who you are. <laughs> yep. Just the other day, uh, Wrecker made a joke about something while I was on the phone with my mom, and normally this joke would be entirely benign. However, my mom had just shared some anxieties with me about this specific realm. Uh, it was a joke about finances, essentially. And, uh, so I gave him, I just looked at him and I realized afterwards that I had given him the look. I had given him the mean mama look that I normally give my bio pup. And so after I got off the phone with my mom, I apologized, but it was trying to communicate, you know, that's not appropriate. Not not the right time. (laughs) Not the time. Another type of mental bondage, another type of, um, psychological discomfort is a lecture. Now, a lecture can be an opportunity to share certain aspects of information, certain resources with your submissive to help them reach their uh, goals, to, to help them overcome obstacles between them and meeting these expectations. However, a lecture can also just be something that's really uncomfortable for them and they don't like, and so therefore it's a punishment. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can use these things in different uh, different ways for each different person. We also have corner time. We kind of talked about that in the physical aspect as well. Again, a lot of these do cross those borders and they are very much psychological and physical. Corner time, you are physically standing or sitting in the corner. Typically, you do not have anything to do except sit there and think about what you have done. Thanks, Quakers. <laughs> well, that's where it originated. Did you just say thanks, Quakers? Quakers, yeah. Quakers? Oh my fucking god. They invented solitary confinement. They did. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I know that. It's just that in in an episode of of this nature. (laughs) So, another type of psychological reinforcement is the removal or addition of privileges. So, again, I'm gonna say don't take away comfort items, don't take away privacy or safe words or their outside connection. That is abusive. However, uh, you can take away their speech. They're not allowed to speak to you, or they're not allowed to speak in anything but high protocol to you throughout the rest of the night, um, or they're not allowed to look you in the eye. You can restrict their eye contact. You can also take away their furniture privileges. You've been a bad dog today. You don't get to sit on the couch with me anymore. You get to sit on the floor like the bad, bad dog you are. Oh, don't look that sad. I'm sorry. Okay, I came. <laughs> Wrecker's over here looking very uncomfortable by what I'm saying. (laughs) Sorry about that, babe. Both of you, sorry about that, too. How dare you? (laughs) This could also be taking away an item, a stuffy. And this is, again, if it's not a comfort item, if it's not something that's going to cause them undue psychological distress. We're wanting to cause discomfort, not distress not trauma. This could be taking away toys. It could be taking away books. If your submissive is a big reader and they love their time just sitting cozied up on the couch with their puppy and reading their book, well, now they don't get to do that tonight. Instead, they have to read this article about cryptocurrency and give me a five paragraph report (laughs) that I'm not going to read. It could be buying them new clothes or buying them new books, buying them new toys, stuffies. These could also be flipped around and turned into rewards, as we said. It could be taking away their clothes privileges. Do they have certain aspects of their wardrobe that are a privilege to them? Some people have, you know, home clothes and work clothes. Some people have play clothes where, you know, they'd be in just lingerie. And if you fuck up and break a rule now you're gonna be just in play clothes all the time or you can't wear panties because i don't know you broke a rule i'm running out of examples <laughs> and we're just because to say. you uh came without permission yeah so now you don't get panties this could also be like an experience 
a movie night or a game time, going out shopping, something like that. It could even be a scene, especially as a reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people use scenes as rewards or... You can have punishment scenes, too. Yeah. Where, like, that is your time to receive your punishment. We also have assignments. You can make them right lines. I've said this a few times because I think that's one of my favorites is to make them write an assignment. Typically, this is a reading assignment where there is a writing aspect as well. Or, like, say they made an ass of themselves at the dungeon and they need to write an apology letter. Or they need to write 20 times, I will not moon my dominant when they are talking to me. I mean, I think that that one's fine. <laughs> it depends. If I'm lecturing you, well, it's, I would, I probably would not lecture you because I don't feel like that would work. No, it would not. Specifically individually for you. But... If I am lecturing a submissive and they turned around and mooned me, I I would probably be pretty upset. Like, not actually angry, but they would be punished. Joe! They would be punished. Please do that so I can see what the outcome is. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think it would be really funny to just see you lecturing Wrecker and (laughs) him just turn around and fucking moon you. Oh, with him, I'd probably stick whatever I had near me up his ass. Whatever yeah. was within reach. Th- that is a good immediate idea. Consequen- that would probably be a reward for you, though. Immediate consequences. <laughs> but wait, is it really a consequence? Right, that's what I was saying. It's probably a reward, and he smiled. My consequences have rewards. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think that there's a difference between punishing, like, if you moaned me when I was lecturing you, I would probably be upset. But I feel like there's a difference between being upset and disappointed within our dynamic, within our roles, And being angry at you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So terminology and language and talking about what that means to you is also important. Because, like I said, like as a submissive back in the day, I would never want anyone to actually do something to me out of anger. Because I'm a fragile, delicate flower and I can't handle that. But, you know, if you were disappointed or upset because I didn't meet an expectation in our dynamic, that's different. So, yeah. In conclusion, communication, communication, communication. Negotiate everything. Talk about why it's happening, what you want to happen, how you want it to happen. All of the things. Yes. Uh, that's all I've got. Okay, now, Daddy, would you please lead us out with a Daddy joke? This, this is y'all's reward for this episode. Aww. <laughs> Aww, you're so nice. <laughs> uh, some might consider Your reward it a is a Daddy joke? I think that's a punishment for Alan. That is a punishment for me, thank you. Um, <laughs> but good thing is that I like punishments. Well, that's that's fair. That's fair. All right. So, why did the picture go to jail? Hmm, I don't know why. Because it was framed. <sighs> that's hilarious. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awful. Okay. Well, I am going to go 